Welcome to Blinkers Off with your hosts, Jared Welch and Aaron Halterman. Welcome in, welcome in. I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. It is Thursday, February 8th, and this Blinkers Off. What's up, man? What's up? Uh, good to be back, everybody, and another uh, big weekend coming up. So, yeah, a lot. I mean, a lot to talk about this week for sure, right? I mean, there was a there was a lot that happened last weekend, and uh, you know, it's a, it's a cloudy picture right now, and it's kind of fun. Cloudy is the most generous way of calling it <laughs> right now. I'd say. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, and you you've you've said this as well, um, but we got to keep we got to keep reminding ourselves that it is February, you know, early February at that. With that said. It was definitely not the return you were hoping for for fierceness last week, and uh, you know I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of people, myself included, just really struggling this week with kind of, you know, who do you even rank number one at this point? You know, because the, the clear one horse is Nisos, and you can't rank him number one, and so it's like, what do you do with that, and, and where do you put fierceness? And we talked a lot about it because we watched us live uh, on Saturday we talked a lot about it afterwards. It's like, how do you, what are we supposed to do with this horse? Hmm. Yeah. You go all the way from taking him off the list to moving him down towards the middle to keeping him at number one. I've seen all three. <laughs> yeah. So look, I, I think at this point, you just have to kind of, you, you learn something right about him every time. And I think you just kind of learn like he's not too keen on, wanting to pass other horses. So I, I think moving forward, you look at a race, you go, well, can he get the lead? Yes. Okay. Maybe he can win. No, he can't. I think that's how you have to treat him. The one thing that if you singled him, uh, you know, <laughs> why wasn't he on the lead? If they truly went 50 seconds for a half mile, he should have been like three or four links in front. Right. And so that's the other thing. It's like, you should have never found out that about him, uh, you know, and maybe, maybe they did it on purpose. Maybe they wanted to kind of try to rate him off of a horse and see what he would do. I mean, these are preps kind of experiments for the big ones. The, how he was ever behind in that race is kind of crazy to me as well, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's kind of, um, it's kind of wild right now for sure. It makes no sense. It makes zero sense. What happened? Like, like I was talking to you about it earlier today. It's it. I mean, and even then, it doesn't make any sense. But if Hades wins, and it's like you know, fierceness runs this really you know pretty a a to B plus run effort, mm -hmm. and you're just like, damn, like that Hades just ran a huge race. Like the numbers come back like ninety four and ninety five or whatever. You know, you're like, yeah, fierceness maybe didn't run his top top race, but he ran pretty damn good, and he got beat. That and then you're like, well, that's crazy, but you can at least kind of say, well, next race for fierceness. Like he didn't totally not show. Yeah. But when you see the final time, when you see the numbers they got, when you see all that together on top of the fact that he didn't even get close to winning the race. Yeah. It just, it doesn't even make, it doesn't compute. It doesn't make sense at all. You, it, nope. you can't come up with a logical reason for that. Yeah, I, I think, you know, if you if you kind of listen to us or, or you read John's article, John White's article on Express Bet last week, we kind of said, look, he doesn't have to run the Breeders' Cup race. If he just kind of runs his maiden race, he'll win. He'll win the race. 
That was 100% true. You look at all the numbers, it's like, yeah, he just needed to show up. Yeah, but yeah. he didn't do that. <laughs> and he dropped anchor. He dropped anchor so fast in that race. It was like, holy, like, he just, Jesus said, no, no, thank you. Um, now you watch that head on you do. Cause uh, Rob said he, maybe he hasn't grown any, you watch the head on. He's certainly the, the Hades is a much larger horse than oh, fierceness. Yeah. And you could almost see like he got a little intimidated by Hades, no doubt. Right. And that's when he stopped. But again, these are things that you can say it about him and it's, it's true, but these aren't what, then that, that isn't something that good horses do. I guess nope. what I'm trying to say, like nope. a good horse will fight you a, and a good horse to be completely honest, just would have looped him, right? <laughs> he wouldn't have got intimidated because he would have been buying, you know, and y- you look at Nisos, like you mentioned, Nisos never would have got intimidated by Hades. You know why? Because by the time Hades saw him, he'd be looking around like, where the hell he go? <laughs> yeah. And that's what you do against a horse like Hades who is a good horse, but not anything elite. And if you've got a, a great amount of talent, you're just going to circle him, you know? So uh, it, it's, it's a lot of flaws for, for that we found uh, for fierceness. I think uh, before that race, you kind of said, well, maybe that really sloppy track, he just hated it. And that could have been in the excuse, right? But then you see it again this time. And it's like, well, he's a need the lead type. And, you know, if he's in a race that didn't have a lot of pace, like the one last weekend, maybe they just gun him instead, and, and then he can win. And, and again, that's the other thing. The horses were exactly who we thought they were. The race went extremely slow, like we thought it would, and he still didn't win. And that's just like, wow, that was an all-time bad performance. And I've went as far as to say he's one of the worst, like, one-to-nine performances I've ever seen because I don't count, like, when a horse – gets hurt or, you know, hops from the gate and just, he's a speed horse, but he hops the gate and he's last. He never runs. I mean, like it was the worst one to nine I've ever seen where like he rounds the corner. It's like, okay, here he goes. And then he like, I've never seen one do that like that. Like you said it, if Hades takes off and they're eight clear of everybody else and fiercest loses by a neck or even a half, you're like, God, that Hades, man, he just, he fired a huge race. That did not happen. It was not anywhere close to that. Kevin O, if if twenty five percent cranked, he wins that race. Like that, he, it, it, that that's not, it's not true. I mean, well, first of all, yeah, it's not true. But second of all, even if that any his twenty five percent is still good enough to win that race, that's the thing. Like, yeah. it makes zero sense. Um, I think the biggest thing for him is he's just heartless. He's a he's heartless. He's got extreme yeah. talent when he's he does because we've seen it. But if he's not on the lead, you know, and the break killed him. And not to say like you're right, like good horses don't let that break kill him. But in his case, it kind of hurt him because he wants to get to the lead and not yeah. have any trouble and no pressure. And if he does, then it's fine. But he got into a little trouble, got a little squeezed out of the gate, didn't really get comfortable until a little bit until the back stretch, and then by then he was not having it right he just wasn't yeah. having it. and so he's one of the he's just you know we've heard it straight from the barn too it's like he doesn't have a lot of heart and uh it's unfortunate and it makes it betting him impossible but it also makes it such a tough challenge moving forward because we know at his best he's t- untouchable really especially when you consider like who's going to be running in in this race this year right no but yeah. no baffert horses 
he's untouchable. But at the same time, he could also make you look incredibly. You think you you felt stupid betting Tappet Trice last year in the Kentucky Derby? <laughs> yeah. He'll make you look even dumber. Yeah, the derbies are really tough. I'm not even thinking about it for him, but like, if you do want to think about it for a second, you know, the way that derby pace has gone the last few years, if it is anything like that, he will run last most likely. But you have seen derbies where the pace is a little bit slower, and if he falls on the lead, maybe, you know. I, I don't know, but he's a he's going to be awkward from now on. There's no doubt. And you kind of said, it, hey, man, that, that, that break got him in some trouble. No question. However, if you go watch and you you said it, I'm not arguing with you, but if you go watch Nisos, yeah, he broke pretty poor in that mm-hmm. race. But like you said, a good horse, we're not saying go down to your knees and your in your your nose hits the dirt. We're saying a little stumble, it's kind of a little wasn't all that clean. A good horse like that can yeah. can recover. And it, it was like it took him till the backside to really get into his rhythm. That's how long it kind of took him. But again, you go watch the race. It's like up the backside, you're like, oh, he's really fine. He's not on the lead, but he's basically, he is, you know, he's just right there and he'll probably just cruise. And maybe he wins by like three because it took a little out of him that first turn, but it was just nothing. There was no effort whatsoever when he needed to to get going. So, yeah, I mean, it's not really shocking because you did you've seen him do it before, but it's very much like wow, he's a he's kind of a bastard for lack of a better word. It's a it was a rough. It's been a rough. Um... Well, a couple of weeks, a week or so for, for, for Pletcher. Goodness. Yeah. You know, he had two of what going into the day, you know, you could argue, you could at least make a case that um, two of the best three-year-olds running and, uh, and Born Noble and, uh, and Fierceness on the same card. And neither one of them got really close necessarily to winning the race, the races. And on top of that, then you have, you know, someone mentioned Kevin. You saw, you know, no locked come this weekend. Now, you know, locked was supposed yeah. to be a returning into the same of Davis. And, you know, for all we can say really is that it doesn't seem like we'll see him anytime soon. Um, yeah. And so then there's that aspect. So it's like, and then he had, uh, it just feels like we went from with Pletcher, we've went from, oh my gosh, like, you know, you take your pick, like it's going to be, I don't, you know, I can't even put my finger on which one or how many he's going to have in the Derby and which one's going to be his horse to who, who does he have? That's, that's decent, <laughs> which is yeah. kind of weird, right? Well, you know, Ryan was talk, uh, talking to me about this today. And I said, well, he's been counted out many times in February or even early March. And then you get to the race and he somehow, he got three in there. So I, I mean, it's a pivot. There's no doubt. And it was a horrible weekend for him. I mean, I'm not trying to sugarcoat that, but he'll find some, he'll find some horses, you know, I I'm confident of it. I don't know who it is. He'll find them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a horrible weekend and you know, the born noble thing for the way I looked at it and we don't have any confirmation of this. This is just me watching the race. I really believe one of two things happened. He got injured or when he switched his leads, he just got like crossed up somehow because 
he was running and doing everything about as smooth as you could do it. And he took a, a bad step at the eighth pole. And that lead went from like six links to two links like that. And I, I really think he was getting ready to cruise to a nice win. And then, you know, racing, you know, something, something happened. I'm not, I'm not saying it was a, like a bad injury or anything, but some little something happened to him. I really believe that. So I don't know what you do with him next, you know, and, and I don't know what you do with any of these horses that have, that have uh, disappointed for Pletcher next, you know, man, Kevin, you know what, we're going to find out. It does seem like it's getting more and more to be like that. Again, I, I can't stress this enough that we are still sitting in February and we've seen Aspies and horses kind of do the opposite of what he's talking about with Pletcher, where it looks yeah. like he's got a couple really good prospects to where they kind of phase out, not only phase out, but you know what I mean? Like they become a little, less uh exciting yeah. as the, as the race gets closer or they let it let you down completely um but having said that it does feel like we've got a couple and we're going to find out next week in the risen star especially with yep. a few of these hall of fame track phantom um gosh it definitely feels like at least one of those is is could make a really big case for being like his horse yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I've said on a couple of videos, I said, everybody just, you know, not relaxed, but everybody just kind of remember we haven't ran a 50 point race yet. Right. So this thing, the way trainers train horses now, this thing really doesn't get going until those 50 point races anymore. And I know that's a kind of an adjustment for even guys that have been in it as long as you and I have, which isn't as long as maybe many of you listening, but a, a good amount. That thing really started in January, you know, like, it, you know, it now you look back at the last four or five years of this thing, those 50 point races are really when this thing actually gets going. So that risen start you talked about, which is next week. Okay. We've, we've had track phantom look great, but he's been facing Nash. Now he's going to face shippers. He's going to face a horse from his own barn that may, might be better than him. We'll find out. So that risen star is going to tell us a lot. And I've been comparing this horse to Epicenter, but I've also been saying, don't forget Epicenter in the Risen Star and in the Louisiana Derby made massive leaps and strides and got better. Yeah. Can Track Phantom do that? We're going to find out next week, but uh, that's the key, right? Like Epicenter was just like solid, like Phantom's been solid. And then, man, he really blossomed. So the next. Maybe not to this week with the South, uh, the Sam of Davis, but after that, that's when this thing actually really gets going. Well, and really, other than last week with fierceness, and of course the non, you know, the the horses being eliminated essentially with the Bob Baffert barn, yeah. we haven't really, like like you said, like there hasn't been a lot of like, okay, that's that's a make or break type of situation now. Like, okay, I mean Nash is kind of in there maybe because it's like okay, he's had a couple chances. Maybe he's not like, but you know what I mean? Like, it just definitely feels like either the ones that have been promising. You look at a horse like Dornick, who we, we still don't even know what he really is yet. We'll find out yeah. maybe in the Fountain of Youth. Um, and the list kind of goes on, right, with some of these horses where it's like, I think Sierra Leone, um, I think that horse is pretty good. But let's see when, you know, let's really see when these 50 point races. So, like you said, like, it, it isn't alarming yet. I would say yep. it, it's, 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 it's getting a little like interesting to say the least, but it's not, I'm not like totally like this is gonna This is just completely awful for these horses. Yeah. We've had a lot of like injuries come up 
you know, each week it's like with the lock situation, we'll see what happens with him and, and El Cappy's out and this and that. And then you kind of, I guess you kind of count the Bafferts as defections from the Derby. So now it's kind of like, okay, let's stop that. And let's kind of get to what this actually looks like. Right. And I mean, sitting here right now, it doesn't look great, but I've also been impressed by track phantom down at fairgrounds. And I was really impressed by hall of fame. So maybe that's kind of where it's like, okay, there's good. There are good horses. They just weren't, you know, last weekend at, at, at Gulfstream and Aqueduct. <laughs> Is this the year for uh, McPeak with the <laughs> Mystic Dan, who maybe looked arguably the most well as far as Derby horses that that can run in the Derby, most impressive last week in the South. It certainly was the most impressive last week, and yeah, and he got a huge number for it too. He and he deserved it. I mean, if you gallop away by ten and and stop the clock at a fast time, I mean, they you really have no choice but to give him a fast number. I understand their hesitation. He's not going to run to the Arkansas Derby. It was a sloppy track. We've seen McPeak win on sloppy tracks at Oakland before with horses. Uh, I don't think it's his year. No, I, I, this horse, you talk about inconsistent. Go look at that. horse. That horse is wildly inconsistent. So it, it's hard to know what you're going to get out of him. He had a really nice maiden number and win and everything like that. But when they kind of got him going longer, he just, he didn't look all that good. And then yesterday or uh, last week, it's like, Oh, well maybe I don't know who he is. Like I'm still very skeptical with him. That was either a different horse, like literally like they changed the horse or the slop did something, something nuts to him because that you're right. Like you looked at the form, there were two McPeaks in the race and the other, this one was like, well, he doesn't want to go this far. The other one is the, and we talked a little bit about it on Blinkers Off last week. We're like, well, that's the one that you'd be kind of like, maybe interested in the other one, right? Yeah. And so the fact when they rounded and he spurted off, you're like, oh shit, what what is he doing? Yep. the The whole like, not the whole race, but like on the turn, I think one of us, I don't remember who it was, uh, mentioned, it's like, man, this. I think it was you. It's like this one is really ranging up, but I really don't think he'll, he wants to go this far mm-hmm. kind of saying he's looking great, but this is where he's going to hit that wall. No, <laughs> He just didn't hit it. No wall. <laughs> the wall, he broke it down. <laughs> he broke it down. And then everyone else behind him just said, fuck it. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's, I don't know. It was, uh, so we'll see, obviously he's going to be over bet no matter how you look at it. In the next yes. race, big time. Are they, are they said, I mean, it's McPeak. I'd assume we're going rebel Arkansas Derby. No, straight to the Arkansas Derby. All right. So that's kind of the other problem with him. You you know, you get that one data point. You get nothing in between. So it's like, I don't even know how to handle him in the Arkansas Derby. You know? Yep. Yeah. I mean, he, he's not, there's nothing about him. I mean, other than that race, there's nothing about him that I was like, yeah, give me long. You know, he needs to go long. No. So and he's not bred to go long, really. And so yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, but <laughs> if it's there's a there's a there's a I'd say there's an equal chance that uh we don't see him again to the Arkansas Derby that or that we might see him on the turf between now and the Arkansas Derby. Like that I think both are very plausible for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, take him take him down to Gulfstream and run him on the turf once. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then run him the Arkansas Derby and then run him on the turf again just as a prep or warm him up and then run him the in the Kentucky Derby. So I had, seriously by June he may be on the turf, right? Like you just you, you just never know. Would not <laughs> Would not, and then and then he wins a race on the turf at like 
you know, huge price. And then the, yeah. the quote is, this is kind of when, what we thought of him all along, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We always wanted to get him on the turf. Okay. Yeah. He, yeah. He's always been exactly what we thought, you know, that's why we yeah. tried him on 14 different tracks and different surfaces. So, yep. Um, yep. but here we are. So, all right. Uh, let's get into today's uh, action. Uh, we're going to do some Sam F. Davis. We're going to go to Tampa Bay for the Sam F. Davis stakes. It is a Kentucky Derby prep. Of course, then we're going to get some rapid fire selections. But for the remaining stakes races this weekend at uh, Golden Gate, that's right, Santa Anita Park and Tampa Bay, we've got two Kentucky Oaks prep races as well. Let's go. That, uh, that Santa Anita Oaks race, boy. Baffert's got two out of the, what is there, five, I think, in there? Yeah, that, it's a it's a good, it's a... I, I it like looks like it's going to be a good worst, race. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. People, the, I was going to say, Michael says uh, Gulfstream Park uh, pick six looks easy. <laughs> Kevin said that means bomb. Uh, bombs and CB said boring ass card at golf. That is sometimes though, when you do get that weird, like what happened today? Like, and I, I think, I think of that with something else we'll talk about a little later, but it's like, you look, sometimes it's the worst feeling when you look at something and say, this is so obvious. <laughs> it, it, it's like, Oh, it's too obvious. You know, I've got something about that too later. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I think we have the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know it make and then you start thinking it's kind of like when, when you got that sweet price on warm heart and you're like, what is, what am I missing here? What is, yeah. is something? What am I, someone I'm missing something. Yeah. It, it, you get that pit in your feel, you get that pit in your stomach. Like, Oh God, <laughs> this isn't going to work out because it's just too, too good. So sometimes they do work out. So yeah, that's that's the good news. And our race is on in the Sam F. Davis Stakes. All right, Tampa Bay on Saturday, race number 10, the Sam F. Davis Stakes. It's a grade three. Uh, of course, it is a Kentucky Derby prep race, 2010-642. And, of course, it is their prep race for the Tampa Bay Derby at Tampa Bay Downs. 250K going to mile 16th for 12 three-year-olds. And, as you know, the odds are just kind of coming out here and, you know, I texted Alterman a little bit ago before we went live. I said, who the hell is even going to be the morning line favorite of this race? And it's that kind of race. Change of command for Suge is it is your three to one morning line favorite. Seven to two on Agate Road. Scratched off the turf last weekend uh, for Todd Pletcher and entered here. Interesting move for uh, the Pletcher horse. Seven to two on Agate Road. Then you've got another Pletcher in here in tireless. Kind of a you know all over the board essentially of horses. Not exactly the most... The, I would say it's a good betting race, maybe not the deepest uh, of race, but it starts the change of command. The nine looks the best, right? I, I don't d disagree with the odds here really, but uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I reluctantly, reluctantly uh, picked the nine change of command on top. Um, don't really love that. He's the favorite, but I, I, I think he is one of maybe three or four that he seems like a pretty kind of doing things the right way up and coming progressing nicely type uh, is how I would describe it. You know, it did take a while. It took four races for the source to break his maiden, but got beat by Sierra Leone. He got beat by fierceness. Like he was in some really tough races, finally got it done at Gulfstream emphatically. And then look, I mean, last time out, we, I think we were all getting ready to go on the air or something, but we were all watching that race together there at Gulfstream. And, 
when he turned the the corner in that allowance race at Gulfstream, I was like, this horse looks like a really good horse. Like he looks like he's one we better keep an eye on. And he just kind of hung a little bit in the stretch, right? He, he still won by a neck, but it's like, man, he didn't kick away. They're adding blinkers here that might help with something like that. I just kind of think he's a little bit better than the rest of this group. So I went number nine change of command on top. Yeah. Um, I like the blinkers on move. Cause there's really nothing about him that, you know, he just seemed like he got a little more distracted late, but he like, you're right. Everything about that race until that point was like, he looks visually looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, he's gone off the, the heavy favorite, you know, the last two races. I don't know if he'll go off a heavy favorite here, but, uh, I, the fact that we had like it would have been nice to see him in here with locked, right? Because then we would have got you would have got a little better price for sure on change of command. Now, kind of like you mentioned, you're kind of forced to take a, him at a short price. Um, having said that, I just don't, I just don't know. Like, who's his biggest threat? Is it the turf horse? I mean, I, is I it Agar think- Road? I mean, I don't like his numbers are nice and. And Jose jumps off of uh, command, command of, do you think that, or change of command, do you think that's a, a situation of it's Pletcher and, yeah. and just, you know, I ride for Pletcher basically? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, it is that I, you, you kind of look up and down this card. I mean, Jose's on a ton of Pletcher horses, a ton. Yeah. And a lot of them, uh, at least in the stakes races, his brother's been riding and his brother didn't come, which I thought that was weird. Uh, I thought Irad would be here, but uh, anyway, um, I, I think that's all it is. I think it's a Pletcher thing more than, than anything else probably could commit to a bunch of rides for him here where Suge it's, you know, you're going to ride this one and I don't know what else, <laughs> you know? So look, I, I get that my people to make a pause for that, but I just, I just, I can't support the six at a short price. I think he's going to get bet pretty harder than that seven to two. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I mean, I, to me, it feels desperate. I mean, it just feels like, Hey, yeah. locked is we're you know, we're back, you know, whatever happened with locked and, and uh, you know, we need a horse basically in here. And, you know, we've been kind of thought, you know, contemplating trying him on the, on the dirt again, he debuted on the dirt. Like, I don't love the fact that we debut the horse on the dirt and then immediately switch to the turf. And then not only do we switch to the turf, he does well on the turf, runs in, you know, wins a grade two, runs fifth in the Breeders' Cup, um, comes back from the Breeders' Cup on the turf. And then we say, scratch him out of a turf race and then run him here. Mm-hmm. I just don't love that move. I think that seems just, like I said, like, mm, we'll give it a shot. It's, it's like, scattered is kind of how I would describe it, lack of a better term, just to kind of a, Oh, we'll do this. Then we'll do this. And and I'm with you. I, I, I kind of like just, uh, this is our path. That's it. Unless something happens, that's what we're doing type of thing other than, well, maybe we'll do this now and so on and so forth. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I, I'm kind of like Michael says he's a, a six is a fade for me on top. And, it does, he does kind of feel like one that will kind of make that move late where you go, oh, he ran okay, just not quite as good as normal, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, I because I think he is like I don't want to like I think Ag Road is a nice horse and kind of you one of those of that. Yeah, we kind of said this about uh, um, who was it? Not locked. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, the one that was awful last week. The other Noted. Play. Who? Noted. Noted. Yeah, sorry. So like until last week, right? Noted was so reliable, like. And that's the way Agger Road has been. Like even in the races he's lost, he's made a, he's made a run. Um, so you even in the on the dirt. So you got. So I would think he's just classy enough to. Like I wouldn't leave him off everything completely, but I am going to play against him on top. So let's talk about a few others because I'm with you. I think Change of Command is the is the likely winner. Has the speed, draws outside too. So it's like if he doesn't get to the lead, he's that's shouldn't shouldn't hamper him. I mean, he's a horse that can kind of be tactical with it going distance is not going to be an issue for him uh, at least bread wise and seem hopefully those with the blinkers on he'll be a lot more engaged later in the race but let's talk about a few potential because it is the Sam F Davis let's talk about a few potential upsetters here and I'll kick it off with uh the 11 um Fulmanio Fulmanio whatever um Breeders Cup horse right didn't run well in the Breeders Cup but the Pilgrim who I rode beat that day uh, finished second. They came back, and now this is a this is an example, Halterman, of what I would have liked to have seen from Agger Road. Right? This is a horse that debuted on the dirt. I get it, but then after the Breeders' Cup, they've come back as three year old and went straight to the dirt. And that to me tells me, hey, we think he still can run on dirt. He ran okay on dirt, and now he gives it another. They give it another try here. He's fifteen to one on the morning line. He has the class, right? We, I mean, he's running some, you know, graded stakes races. Is it if there's an upsetter here, kind of coming from the, the sky, so to speak? I wouldn't be completely surprised if it's an eleven. Yeah, no, I agree. Me too. I, I, I think that the eleven does make a lot of sense in here as well. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm looking at all closers, honestly. After the nine. I do think there's going to be some pace in this race, and I, I think it's going to set up pretty good for closers in the race. I, I just think the nine is good enough to kind of not get overly involved slash stay, stick around, but the 11, definitely one I'm interested in. I thought the two uh, for Todd Pletcher, tireless, the other Todd Pletcher in the race, gets the local jockey Gallardo to ride up. That was a good sign. He's another one. I think he's going to come from out of it. I think they're just going to let him come back and make one run. And so I thought the two made sense. I thought the four crazy Mason who beat the 11 made sense as well. Um, so yeah, those are definitely uh, three of them for sure that I'm looking at that. I'm not real confident. They're going to get all the way up and maybe win, but they're, I think these horses can make a run there from the back. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, slightly interested although i wish i, I wish that we got a better draw with the 12 uh ellison meadows just because this is a horse that you know for bill mott and you get Alvarado, but like this is a horse that hasn't lost yet it's been yeah. really good really but they were both you know aqueduct you know state bred type races like not exactly um you know beating you know uh beating you know huge horses is stretching out city of light I mean, I think the horse can get this far, but drawing this wide. And we know Bill Mott can win a race like this and with horses that maybe shouldn't. But uh, the outside post for me is going to be like he might. I just don't know if this horse is quite good enough to overcome all those obstacles. Yeah, I I, I had some mild interest in the 12, but I was kind of with you. Two sprint races at Aqueduct. Now we're at 
Sam Houston. We draw the 12. We're going two turns. We're facing open company for the first time. Um, I think it's a good sign that Bill Mott brings the horse down here. I think it does mean that he likes this horse a bit, but there's a lot of question marks there. Um, I do think he'll handle the distance. I'm not really worried about that, but I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it, to me, it's a lot to ask. Uh, pace presence, maybe, you know, like drawn out wide, maybe they just send the horse. I'm not sure. I, he was confusing to me. I don't think he's going to, in the end of the day, I don't think he's going to be good enough uh, to win. So I kind of left the 12 off. All right. So uh, litigate. Classic Causeway, Candyman Rocket, Sully Volante, Well Defined, Flame Away, McCracken, Destin. There's some of the lists of the horses that have won in recent years. What do you think of the winner of this one this year? Uh, let's go. I guess I go, I'll go one and a half. I gotta go under if it's one and a half. One and a half to get to the Kentucky Derby out of this race. You go under. Yeah. I think it's I think it's under. I think it's one. I, I Maybe I would have said one because I think 0.5, you go over. Yeah, especially, you know, you got to kind of take into account there's there's four or five starting gates that are going to be open because there's no Baffert, you know. So it's kind of like with my rankings. I I, I said today, I said, you got to, or your Monday when I was doing them, I said, you got to rank somebody, you know. Like, I, I don't have that many good things to say about horse X here, but you got to rank somebody, right? And so... Uh, it's the same what goes with qualifying so, 20 horses are going to qualify for this thing. So I, I think the winner of this, or at least somebody out of this will, will get into the starting gate. Yeah. I mean, the thing that makes it the only, I mean, it, it's tricky though, because if, if, if some reason one of these horses, like if, I mean, if, if change of command doesn't win here, I guess if, if you could make a case, I mean, either one of the Pletcher horses wins, then you could definitely see that horse, you know, you know being one of those. That's a very good example of a, one of those horses that shouldn't be in the Kentucky Derby that he could get into the Kentucky Derby, right? Because if he can get one of those horses in uh, in some way, um, then obviously, you know, there's there's your one. So uh, I think it's I think it's one, but I don't know which one it is. No. <laughs> um, but it does make it if if you do have some crazy upset here with the twelve, you know, if if the eleven wins, if you know any of these other ones that not trained by Pletcher or Shug win, then it becomes a little more interesting for me as far as horses. I don't know that anyone from this race can get there. So because you don't typically see like okay, they're going to rebound from here, and you know, like especially if it's not like Shug or or Pletcher, right? Some one of those. Or if it's just one of these. You know, you know the the eight or something. It's like, well, that horse isn't getting in, right? So, um, and then you know, this has been a nice. Oh, did we lose him? What happened to him? Usually, it's me with the issues. Whoa. Well, there you go. Can you hear me? I can hear you, but I can't see you. So, how weird is that? My camera just stopped working. On your computer? Yeah. Weird. All of a sudden, now we see magic. So. Okay, I'll try to get back on here. Okay, well, I'll. I'll uh, so there you go, guys. That is a uh, that's a look at uh, at the same F Davis. Halter and I are both going with the number nine. Change of command to win the same F Davis. My computer is frozen, but you can still hear me. So that's very strange. Yeah, you went away immediately, and it got. And for some reason, I don't know how. There he is. Whoa! Hey. 
I don't know. For some reason, we like. Well, I don't know how, how did Magic. Why is it always Magic's picture on those? I don't ever. I never ever understood that. So I don't know, but you know what? I I swear to you, I think Equibase screwed up the computer because I, mean, it seems I went to. I, I went to check Rob. Rob said Bill Mott hasn't won a dirt race at Tampa in at least three years. And I said, well, that how long ago did Rocket Cannon Nova Rags finish one, two in this race? And it was three years ago, but I was going to check that. Um, and as soon as I got, as soon as I looked that up, I froze. <laughs> yeah. Equibase. So the thing about Equibase guys, you can't, if you want, if you're trying to do anything quick on Equibase, you can't do it quick. I, I think I'm gonna have to re like. Yeah, you're gone again. Yeah, I it, it definitely Equibase definitely has screwed up my computer again. Once so you, once you restart or something. We'll, we'll... Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to restart. All right, I, I think I can I can I can vamp for a little while. Um, all right, guys. So we're gonna we're gonna do some rapid fire uh, here. Not much going on this weekend, like I mentioned in the opening, other than the same F Davis. But we do have the uh, Sun Coast on the undercard there, which is an Oaks race. Uh, you got the Las Virginia set out at Santa Anita. That's the Noakes race. So we'll talk about those two uh, when Halterman makes his return. And then uh, El Camino Real Derby is not a derby prep anymore. So sad, I know. But uh, we will at least mention that because I imagine at least one or two of those will end up in some way, in some capacity, running on uh, the road, uh, down the road. If nothing else, maybe like the Jeff Ruby Stakes um, or something like that, which is derby preps so um the john patagula is march 2nd i guess one of them could get in there um but yeah el camino is not um one on there anymore but we will talk about it so hello jose how's it going yeah um so uh you know this weekend obviously is from a from a derby perspective is not super awesome um but then you get the risen star coming out next week Southern Derby is that Sunday, a uh, week from this Sunday. You got the Rebel the week after. You know, it, it gets, you know, the Fountain of Youth. That the, the week after, so March 2nd, is nutty. You got the Gotham, the San Felipe, and the Fountain of Youth. And then the Tampa Bay Derby is the week after that. And then, obviously, you know, here we go. But that weekend, you know, we'll really, you know, between now, you know, these next couple weeks are when we start to really – hone in on some of these horses and interesting. I'm interested to see what, what we see um, in that rebel, you know, who else coming to the rebel. I know Timberlake's been pointing to the rebel. Um, you know, I guess no mystic Dan there, but uh, I'm sure we'll see a, a, a Baffert or two show up. Um, so we'll see what the rebel brings, but the rebel is always uh, one of our favorite races, one of our favorite prep races every year. Um, am I going, I, I would say it's 70, 30 that I'll go like on the positive side. So, um, we'll see if my, uh, my, uh, co-host slash, um, slash Oakland partner is, is uh, healthy enough to go. I think he's good. I think he can, he can move his arm now. So yeah, I imagine we'll go, but, uh, the rebel and the Arkansas Derby for us is our, our two just, uh, you know, almost can't miss races. We typically try to go to that. Then we'll go to, we've been going to the bluegrass the last couple of years, which is fun. Last year it snowed during the bluegrass. Hey, what's up? I'm back. You look good. You look refreshed. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I couldn't like that. I had to, I couldn't even get it to restart. I had to like, just turn it off manually. <laughs> so good well, job. I'm glad, they, I'm glad they didn't officially kill your computer. So, right. Yeah. Nope. It's all good now. Working good. Shawnee was asking if we can go to the Rebel. Yes, I am. I don't know about you. <laughs> That's what I said. Look at this. So I know one of us will. Yep. I I wasn't going to because I didn't think I would be um, I'd be able to. And um, no, I won't be a problem now because, like I said, when, when this first happened, I I really couldn't move my arm, but it's like a real arm now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rumor is, guys, that Alterman can now throw a 100-mile-per-hour fastball. Yeah, I'm rookie of the year. They put that joint in me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that was. <laughs> <laughs> One uh, more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good movie. Um, all right, guys, let's do some rapid fire now that all right. my esteemed co-host is back. All right, time for Rapid Fire, guys, presented by, that's right, I think this is the first time ever presented by, how about Papa Dude's Sports Picks, Halterman? <laughs> how about, this guy has been on a tear. He's been making the rounds all over uh, social media, all over our shows. Papa Dude's Sports Picks, but he's done so well now with the sports picks that I added them to the main menu. So if you go to racingdudes.com, I don't know if he knows about this, but if you go to racenews.com <laughs> under free picks, you can see Papa Dude Sports Picks. That's right. And you just go straight to his page where it looks like he's got four plays. Yep. Um, he's got four plays today. Yep. Yep. Uh, he's got one for NCAA football. I'm going to guess that's not right. So, yeah, he uh, he's not the greatest with a computer. So every once in a while, he'll get a label wrong. But the, the games are always right. So <laughs> just remember that. Uh, every once in a while. Well. Every once in a while, I'll go in and kind of clean up uh, his uh, his his mess a little bit there. But yeah, look, he um, we talked about last week. He was hot. He 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 did well all through. You know that that last weekend, he started uh, nine and one this week, and so he was just crushing, crushing. He did go two and two last night, and uh, he was very very upset about it. I was like, look, you're, you're not going to go four and zero, three and zero every night like you're gonna have to lose one every now and then so uh he's back before tonight though there you go just uh and that's the thing about what makes his picks you know all of us myself definitely like i'm very i'm more of a spot play and you know some weekends and whatever and you know, i'll go heavier but he's he's every day, every day. he's got every plays day. and picks and yep. analysis for nba and college basketball nfl whatever it is he's got uh action pretty much every night right and so mm -hmm. uh you guys Again, like it, it's, I you know, and I've seen a lot. Like, I mean, there's I haven't seen anyone that's been on this kind of heater. So, uh, it's yeah. it's like free money right now. So if you want to go, uh, you know, uh, follow along with his picks, just go. You can go get his picks right now. Like I said on the main menu, racingdudes.com, and just you know, again, just keep in mind that. It, the analysis is spot on. The tags might be, but just use your brain a little bit. Uh, all right, Alterman, we're going to go to the former uh, Derby prep. No, no longer, right? Race number seven at uh, Golden Gate Fields on Saturday. It is the El Camino Real Derby uh, worth 100K going to mile and eighth on the all-weather track for three-year-olds. Uh, field of eight lines up. And I kind of mentioned in the opening or uh, while you're uh, resetting your computer that, you know, while this isn't an official Derby prep, we'll probably see at least a couple of these 
at some point one of these uh, synthetic preps after this. But um, yeah, like I said, field of eight and uh, thoughts on uh, a few of these. I thought, you know, the, seven, the six and the seven, Inglesi and Tapello are interesting horses in here. I kind of like the seven, Tapello, Tapalo. I, I, I don't know how you say it really. I, I do kind of like that horse. And I'm with you. I think out of all of them, the seven to Paulo and Indusley, I'd give you that as well. Probably the ones that could jump up and maybe make an impact on this Derby trail. But so, but for this spot, I, I love the way this horse is kind of progressing. I, I think we'll take uh, to the synthetic. So I like number seven to Paulo in the spot. Yeah, to me, it was pretty easy between these two, to be honest with you. I was kind of deciding between um, you got one that, you know, you think might, do okay on on the synthetic and the other one who at least has the turf kind of pedigree to say okay well i think this horse will do will transition okay on the synthetic um both uh you know both have their you know their angles and you know, got to keep in mind too like we kind of have proven i think the last year or two that like sometimes the synthetic route isn't necessarily a t- complete throwout you know um it kind of more depends on you look at two fills, like it kind of depends on the horse, right? And so if you think that horse can either does have the experience on the dirt or, you know, can have the, or, you know, it looks like could transition well, like sometimes it's just an easier path um, to get there. So keep yeah. that in mind with a couple of these. I'm going to go with, uh, you went with Pillow. I'm going to go with Endlessly, just the inside, both. I mean, really, you're trying to take in a shot as who you think is going to, you know, go to the synthetic. But, you know, this is a horse that's been on the turf all along has really hit, had rattled off three straight wins. Went to the Breeders' Cup, dude. Was 5-1 to one in that race. So, obviously, mm-hmm. very um, uh, very sought out, you know, very uh, bet uh, that day. Of course, that was out at Santonia. This is, a, you know, a West Coast horse. But, you know, Unquestionable went on to win that race. I mean, you know, you're not beating that horse that day. But this is a horse that had rattled off two grade three wins on the turf. Like I said, bet in the Breeders' Cup. Now switches over here. Rispoli gets some out, um, who teams up very well for McCarthy. So, you know, if this horse can get this uh, synthetic and this distance, I like the horse being kind of off the pace. Again, if the horse can get this, uh, can transition to this uh, surface, which I don't see any reason why, um, I like this horse uh, coming to pick him up late. So give me, uh, what number is this? The six. Six, endlessly. Um, again, though, I'll say this, though, like your horse, just because of the tur- of the dirt background, like, it seems a little, especially being McCarthy and you got a Sadler on, you know, for yours, like if there is one that I'm, I don't even want to know if, if I say excited is the best word, but if there's one that I would at least be a little more encouraged uh, going to the uh, dirt transitioning from this, you know, as it, as it relates to the Kentucky Derby, it would be the Sadler horse, I would say. We'll see. I, I, I'm kind of with you. It's like, yeah, probably none of them, but that endlessly horse, he's 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 kind of like it's kind of like the established pick versus like the up and coming pick, you know. Um, any any idea what magic trick? What it is? I don't know. Do you have any idea what magic? Tam- magic yeah, is? they'll do the Tampa Bay late pick five for Saturday. Yeah. Did I mentioned I hate Equibase. Dude, I trust me. I understand. I was moving right along and went it's- to look up. <laughs> It's probably about the I was gone. You know how you have like you can just get the early signs of your computer like about ready. It's like I feel like it's my, you know thanks to Equibase. I probably have a couple viruses on there now. But um, all right, let's go to yeah. Santa Anita. 
These last two will be Kentucky Oaks prep races, guys. Race five at uh, Santa Anita on Saturday, the Las Virginia Stakes. It's a great three worth 100K going one mile for three-year-old Phillies. Field of five lines up here. Two are trained by Bob Baffert, so there goes some points. But you're looking at a, a race with uh, you know Kinza, who looked amazing on debut. But I got to tell you, Halterman, that number four copian for Mandela, Crad aboard. I think this horse is uh, super interesting here. Oh, it's going to be a really good race. What a what a matchup between those two horses. I took Kinza on top. I think she's got a little bit uh, higher of a ceiling uh, than Copian, but that could be completely wrong. I just think Kinza has a lot of speed, will get out kind of in front. Uh, I know that Copian's pretty fast too, but I think Kinza will be a little faster, and I think she's going to take him gate to wire and win. But I don't blame you if you're taking the four. I don't blame you if you're taking a shot with the one because uh, the one, nothing like you, pretty established with those stakes wins as well. So, uh, but I, in the day, I did end up going with the three Kinza on top. Yeah, all that hype, you know, early on, and well, I guess late last year um, with uh, with the Mandela horse, the Beholder daughter. Um, what was her name? Help me. Oh, geez, I've already uh, forgotten. I had it. I had it when I started to say that that, t that text. Oh, Tamara. That. Yeah, Tamara. Yeah. Now, like, you have this horse who might be, well, obviously, is better because, you know, she's not running, but mm -hmm. uh, daughter of uh, Omaha Beach. This is a horse that you would feel like going long, longer would not be quite, you know, an issue. But, you, yeah, you're right. I think this, the three is the concern. Like, well, how far out will she go? And you know, as far as how much of a lead will, will she get on the four? But I like the fact that Pratt stays aboard here. Pratt, uh, you know, riding for Mandela has just been crazy good 56 percent, yep. dude when they team up uh this year so give me the four i'm gonna go the up i guess it's the upset i imagine the three will be the favorite i don't know but uh i'm gonna go, go with the four i think it's gonna be even though it's kind of a meaningless race in terms of points because you know the points are gonna be kind of you know scattered but if the four gets in you know it wins like this this might be kind of a semi-legit Billy, when it relates to the Kentucky Oaks, don't you think? Oh, yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I, I, I definitely think the four, um, if, if she can beat both these Bafferts, yeah. that's one you better look out for. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because like you say, like it's one of those weird situations where the, you know, the Bafferts, you know, are kind of meaningless in a sense from the big picture. It's almost like a huge class test for the four. If she can come in and, and beat these horses, then you're, then it almost validates you a little bit for her moving forward so yeah um right so we're both or you're going on uh the three i got the four give me let's go to uh tampa back to tampa bay for race number five on the card so the undercard of the sam f davis uh this is the suncoast stakes it's uh, worth 150k uh, going one mile and 40 yards for three-year-old phillies of course this is a kentucky oaks uh prep race 2010 642 just like uh the las virginias and just like the same point structure as the uh, derby Sam F. Davis, field of six lines up here. And live talk for Todd Pletcher, three to five morning line favorite. Halterman, maybe I'm wrong, but I thought this was a little too low of a morning line for her. It might be. Uh, I, I think you're getting that low of a line because to me, there are only two horses that kind of stand out amongst everybody else. And that's Power Squeeze. I think Power Squeeze and Live Talk are the two. Yeah. Um, so... It may be accounting for the fact that maybe those two are the only two that are really going to take money. The rest of these probably not as much. So, uh, look, I, I don't know what the odds are going to be. That kind of will probably dictate 
how I play it, but I do think Live Talk is going to win this thing. So I did put number four Live Talk on top. Um, you know, I, I really liked last time out. She showed kind of that she could be up towards the front and uh, she sat the pace last time, but it was slow. But, you know, still her other races, she kind of got a little too far back. If she can just kind of get up towards that front, I think she'll all finish them. So I went number four Live Talk on top. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to because, well, a couple factors, but mainly because of what the price I believe is going to be on the four. I'm going to go with the two power squeeze. Yeah. Um, I do like the, I do think that the uh, four is dangerous after that last race kind of showed a different dimension there. The two will be able to sit off and, and, and come late uh, if at all, I guess. But uh, this is a horse that, you know, has ran well the last two races, you know, took a second to break the maiden. Once he kind of, once uh, she kind of figured it out, that last race was visually really nice and the numbers came back um really nice i like the fact that this is a horse that you know made that big impression at gulfstream park last out now comes to tampa and you get you know you get uh delgado who's been you know has ran really well here at tampa here as of late and centeno with those two combined it's like a 40 percent um percentage there so give me the two on the upset over the four life talk <laughs> cut and dry as you can do rapid fire i think yeah, there's just not not a ton to talk about uh, today. Not a ton to talk about, but it is Super Bowl weekend, boys and girls. Yep. yep. I figured that'd be the, the subject. I I uh, are you guys I I what time are you guys going live on Dudes of Bet 2? Yes, 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock Central. So if you guys want more content yeah, as it relates to uh, the Super Bowl, obviously, make sure you guys stick around and tune in for not just the Magic Mike later on this afternoon, but at 2 Central Time. Yep. Paul Turin and his dad talking Super Bowl. Yep. And maybe some on-course lessons about how to put in picks. <laughs> not, not, the, not, not what to pick, but how to put them in. <laughs> Two different things. You probably, that, yeah, that, that ship's probably sailed, hasn't it? So. The other day, he um, he did like eight games on Saturday, and one of them was seven NCAA basketball, one NCAA football. And I said, "What's who's playing football?" And he goes, "Oh, they'll know what I mean." That's <laughs> <laughs> so like okay, yeah. I love how he knew what he he knew what you're talking about. He knew the mistake, but still was like, "Yeah, they'll figure it out." <laughs> he probably doesn't know he can go in there and edit it. So, <laughs> oh, geez. Well, you know, yeah, we, all have that. we all know like what it is to have, you know, a parent or, you know, whatever, an older person that in your life, it's just like, you know what technology has, has bypassed you and it, you either can choose to try to teach them or you just say, you know what, just what do you need done? Okay. Yep, and yep. I'll do it. So he, he messes with the units sometimes <laughs> and it's like, uh, I don't think he meant to do that, you know, type of stuff. So <laughs> You know, I, what it's just, it is what it is. <laughs> you just, but the thing is he wins, uh, he wins every night. So people don't seem to care. <laughs> and one guy was complaining once and I, I wrote it back. I said, look, dude, he's 71 years old. Like, so he labeled it NCAA football. Okay. Like, I think, you know, that Manhattan versus, uh, you know, Fairfield is not NCAA football. Yeah. yeah. Come on. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, I, if you can find that game in, in football, then I'll get you know, then good job. You know? Yeah, in, in, in February, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think most of us yeah. uh, with the brain know 
kind of what what he's actually meaning but yeah it is right. pretty funny just like i said it, it seems like i've seen football on there occasionally yeah <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. All right, guys. That's all the time we have. Check us out at racedudes.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our products page. Click the Get Racing Dudes Premium button at the menu at uh, racingdudes.com to learn more. Remember to check out the best bets, including uh, Papa Dude, we just talked about, who's on the uh, the main menu there. So if you want to tag along with some of his plays, of course, if you're looking just for horses, we got that covered as well, all on the best bets page. So make sure you guys, if you guys haven't checked out the best bets page, um, it's just kind of a way for you guys to kind of myself halterman magic whoever you know you like to tell like you say okay who are they actually playing today yeah there's 100 different picks on the website these are the picks that they're playing today so it's a good way to kind of hone in on some of the picks but uh again we're on uh twitter at racing underscore dudes instagram facebook and tiktok you can find all episodes of blinkers off by visiting our podcast page here on racingdudes.com our uh youtube page if you like that make sure you go subscribe uh, as well as all the podcast channels you guys listen to pods, uh, we are on there. As well as the Magic Mike Show, who will be doing the uh, Late Pick 5 here at Tampa. And the Dude to Bet, who will be uh, doing the Super Bowl coverage here later on this afternoon. Speaking of Super Bowl, Halterman, we are just days away. And uh, it, it, fortunately for me, I have become, I've almost, it's become tradition for me to to kind of like, I I, I basically... After we win the AFC championship, I kind of check out of football for a good week and a half just because I like I can't if I if I if I focus on it too much, I stress out. So I just kind of put it off, you know, I don't even think about it. And then I'm now getting to the point of the week where I'm like, okay, this is happening in a couple of days. This is the game that's happening. And uh, I'll be honest, I'm I'm nervous, but I'm also like unusually confident with it. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, these are the worst because I, I feel very confident, but then I, I, I look around and I always hate this. You know, I hate this. Everybody's yeah. picking the Chiefs. Everybody. And it's like, oh, God. You know, like. I hate being on public underdogs. I hate it. And that's honestly, to me, it seems very easy. This game seems, seems easier than the Buffalo game for sure. I, I I just think you look at San Francisco, it's like, well, they, they haven't really played very good defense. They haven't stopped the run. You know, the Packers should have beat them. The lions really should have beat them. Those both those games were at home. I I just I think the Chiefs win this one, and I don't think they'll have to sweat much. But then, on the flip side, I look like again I look around and it's like I can't find one person betting the 49ers. It's like oh, that's exactly. Not good. That's I mean, not good. Yep. Here's the thing that I'm having a hard time with from a betting standpoint, and yourself included, because you you were on Beeson earlier this week talking about as as the as the as the racing dudes Chiefs fan. Um, so, can, hold on, can I can I say something about that real yeah. quick? Yeah, because this was hilarious. So they asked me to be on, right? And I said, eh, whatever. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know they asked me to be on because they thought I was a Chiefs fan. So I'm sitting there, I'm getting ready to come on, and Patrick goes, and all right, here's one of the biggest Chiefs fans uh, we know here, friends of the show. And I'm like, okay, I have one segment. I have 11 minutes. <laughs> and really, that means I have about seven minutes to actually speak because the other guys are talking too. 
So I had to make, I was, I was thinking in my head, do I correct this and it take up two, three minutes of this time or do I just go with it? Because I know my time is limited. So I just went with it. I, <laughs> I just acted like a cheese fan, but I was such a weird, like, I had no idea that's what that, that was going to introduce me like that. And I was just like, oh my God, what do I do? Do I tell them like, because the whole thing was like, I think I can pull it off because I do watch them all the time and I don't hate them. Right. So it's like, I, I, I kind of, I want them to win. So I'll just go with it. And I, I didn't know if that was the right decision or not, but it was the decision I made. So <laughs> I'll be real honest with you. So the way this, the way this transpired for me was on whatever, I think it was Monday. I got a text in the middle of the afternoon from Patrick, our boy Patrick at Beeson, who you were on with. Uh-huh. And it literally said, and again, I, I have I guess I still right now, I don't know what it meant, but he said, like, haha, I'm messing with you. You're the best. Thank you. Okay. Sometimes I, I think Patrick confuses who we are. <laughs> Cause that that was to me, because he sent me the same message. And I said, haha, what? And then he told me, he goes, ha, oh, sorry, Jared, group chat with you and Aaron. He just came on the show. And I'm like, well, I'm not in the group chat. So I don't know no. what you're referring to. But then, it, so anyway, it triggered well, me to be like, okay, Halterman was on. Let me watch yeah. it. I record him every day. And I watched it and I was just dying laughing because I immediately knew. I, then it all started to click. I was like, oh, wait, he thought, he, okay, yeah. He, he got us confused yeah. is what happened. Especially, I know that 100% after that text now because – uh, and Patrick and I have talked about this a lot. It's like, I, I don't really have an NFL team, you know? And so when he did that, I was, I, again, I was just like, I guess I'll just go with this. Like, cause I, I knew like I had watched their show and they were just rapid firing guests. They're just getting as many guests as they can. So it's yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to like knock off this segment by going on five minutes about how they're wrong. You know, so no, no, I thought you did the right thing. Um, because I kind of <laughs> wondered how you were going to handle it as I was like, watching it, and I was like, oh, wait, no, he did the right thing because you don't want to be like, because then it makes them look like he doesn't know what he's talking about, too. And you know, See, you did them yeah, favor. you don't like it's their show, and you don't want to make them look kind of dumb, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so I just was like, anyway, so, anyway go ahead, to go back point. to my original yeah. point is yourself included, and I'm talking like many, many pundits that I respect um throughout the country on different networks where they're they're all saying the exact same thing i I, everything i logically everything i've seen everything on paper tells me that the chiefs are winning this game yeah but i think svp said it best either day and he's like but vegas is in the business of making money right yeah they're not making these lines to lose money and so like Part of me wonders, do you think, because right now, I don't know what it is currently. Is it like minus minus one or one and a half for the for the 49ers? But part of me wonders if this doesn't end up being the Chiefs minus one or something like that. I just because everyone you talk to is betting the Chiefs, but it almost feels like it's becoming kind of the sucker's bet. And I hate to say that because I'm really hoping the Chiefs win, obviously. As an experienced gambler, it feels like the sucker bet. Yeah. Like that, that, that's what the SVP was like. He's like, listen, I'm pick I'm picking the Chiefs to win the game. But my bet is prop by the time kickoff comes, my bet is most likely going to be the 49ers. 
I I hate this situation because I'm with you. Everything there's two parts of, of gambling, whether it's horses or whether it's sports and it's, it's the handicap and then it's the betting decision. Right. And so I love to look at the splits and go the way that where Vegas makes the most money is the, is the way I go. Right. Mm-hmm. And that is totally San Francisco. <laughs> like It is stacked right now where Vegas is going to be rooting for San Francisco folks, unless there's some kind of massive change the last couple of days, which could happen. But as of right now, Vegas, they're fans of San Francisco, which that's a scary proposition for me as a better. But but as a guy that's analy- an analyst, like you said, where is the case for the 49ers to win? I, ca- I tried to make one, and it's like maybe they can just run over this Chiefs defense. That's not going to happen. Maybe they can load up and stop the Chiefs on offense. I don't really think that's going to happen. So where do they win? Here's the thing, like, too, and, like, so, like, from a, like, the brand name is the 49ers defense, but the reality is the Chiefs defense has been, has outplayed them all year. 100%. You look at the, the quarterbacks the Chiefs have faced this year, you look at the quarterbacks that the 49ers have faced this year, it's night and day. Yep. And the Chiefs have led uh, at one point. They led the NFL. I think they're like second or third top defense in the league versus 49ers. I think they're 14th. Um, they're kind of middle of the road versus the Chiefs. Not to mention the Chiefs had had to go, uh, you know, well, you know, Tua and Tyreek, whatever. But you had they had to go into Buffalo and shut down Diggs and Allen. They had to go into Baltimore and shut down the number one rushing offense in the league. The MVP Lamar Jackson and that offense shut them down. So it's like the the test has been night and day when you compare the defenses. I just Purdy has not been successful when under a lot of pressure as well. You know this more than anybody from watching him in his college days. So there's just like you said, there's everything pointing to the Chiefs because let's be honest, like the offense has started to play better in the playoffs. The Chiefs, I mean, mm-hmm. um, I'd say more. Uh, what do you want to say? More like. The the ball they've played in the off in the in, in the playoffs has been a lot more um, in relation to how well their defense is playing. If that makes sense, they so, play. Yes, I agree with that. Very, yeah. what, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Very uh, complimentary. Complimentary. Thank you. And so mm-hmm. they've come. It's almost like they've become this. Whereas all year they were for, trying to force to be the offense that we're we've come to you know know. Whereas in the playoffs it kind of feels like okay, this is who we are. This is what works, and they've leaned into it, and it, it's working. So it's just there's nothing I can see that is <laughs> that gives 49ers the edge here. Um, plus, you have Taylor Swift. You have Taylor Swift <laughs> on our side. Have you yeah. seen all the shit about that, the numbers, like how the conspiracy theories behind that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How yeah. 13 is you know, coming up everywhere, and it's her favorite number and all this shit, and it's just like <laughs> – I kind of feel like it's, it's, I don't know. It's weird. Like everything about it, even the Taylor Swift numbers are pointing to the chiefs. And that's what worries me. I know. I know. It, it, but, again, but yeah, I, even Brady lost some of these uh, Super Bowls where, you know, they were, they should have won. So. Yeah. I just, I'm with you. I, I've, I've sat down. I've just looked at this and, I must listen. I, I'm not. A, I'm not a Chiefs fan. I'm not. Again, I'm not. I'm not a fan of anybody in NFL. I just like the NFL. Uh, 
when I saw the betting splits, I said, all right, let's make a case for the 49ers to make yourself feel good about the bet. I couldn't make one. Like, okay, let's say Chiefs defense versus 49ers offense. The 49ers are going to have to be run heavy in this game. If they drop back Purdy, it's going to get bad because A, he's very questionable. B, like you just said, the Chiefs will get pressure on him. That's kind of the specialty of that uh, defense. And if you get pressure on him, you're going to turn him over a couple yeah. times, and they just can't afford to do it. They're going to have to lean on McCaffrey in this game, and maybe he is enough. I don't think so. But, again, you look at it and go, I think the Chiefs can reasonably stop the 49ers the majority of the night. So, okay, let's say the Niners get 20 points in this game. Do you? I just don't see a world after watching the 49ers the last half of the season in the first two games of the playoffs, how they're going to hold the Chiefs to that. They can't stop the run. They're pretty sketchy against the pass. The Chiefs offense isn't what it was, but it's good enough to, mm -hmm. to be able to score on this team. It, it's a lot of red flags for me for the 49ers with the one giant green flag is, Hey, idiot, everybody's betting the Chiefs yeah. bet the 49ers. You know, that's the only case I could make for them. Well, and yeah, and like the, to make the case for the 49ers as well, it's like, well, I've watched the Chiefs obviously every single second of this year. And it's like, if there's, there's never a game that they, they, that they look like or that they should win by dominate or look dominant or even play the game dominant that they, actually do it's always close it's always sweet even look at the playoff games we outplayed the hell out of buffalo we played it out definitely outplayed um yeah. miami uh the ravens game you know was more a lot of def defense but still like but all those games we we outplayed them and yet every one of them was close because we just don't pull away um so if you're making a case for the 49ers you say well i mean shit they, they, all it takes is it's super bowl and if we keep this game close, I mean, it's just going to take one big play or two for them to swing it the other way. So the Chiefs need to get, you know, need to do something they haven't been doing. And that's like actually, you know, pull away. Yeah. Um, but let me just say this to any of the this is the last thing I'll say. And to any of the 49ers faithful or, or anyone that's betting against the Chiefs or hates the Chiefs or talking, you know, because there's a lot of that, you know, it seems like as we've become the villains in the NFL mm -hmm. uh, over the last couple of years. Like, and this is just, this is an advice, like the, all the shit talking and all the booing and t saying this, like, like I'm just saying like, it's feeding the chiefs. So mm -hmm. you're, you're only hurting your chance. And I get, I get like some Joe Schmo is not going to like Mahomes does not hear you, but it just, it, it like all the chatter of the villains and all like, they're le like, they love it. Yeah. Like they, like even Mahomes, like, I love being the villain. Kelsey obviously loves being the like this is only helping them the more hate that they're getting towards like the fan base and you know you know like oh they always win it's like so but I guess my point is is like it just cr kind of amazes me that these people keep leaning into that like these guys you know I hate them they're the worst like you know they cheat you know they get all the calls Mahomes whines it's like I mean you're not making it any better you're going to, this is your, you need <laughs> what the, the problem is you need to like them. Cause then that's when they'll let you down. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I don't, I don't understand the hate really for them. Um, and again, I think it's just because 
they're good, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, truth. It's the same way. And welcome. It, hey, welcome. I haven't seen you in the chat in a while. It's um, That is true. But look at, I mean, I mean, I, I'm not like I, everyone was that way with Patriots, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you, either, you either were with them or you hated them, right? Yeah. Yep. And uh, it seems like no matter in, in Alabama, um, same thing where you have those teams and, and if they once to they're up there at the top, everyone hates yep. them. So, yep. And that's that's all this is, because, you know, people people try to villainize Mahomes. It's really fascinating. Yeah, it really, really is. It's uh, it's just like, yeah, this guy literally does nothing wrong ever. <laughs> Other than other than you know have a dad, his dad and his brother, but other than that, that's it. it. It's it's it is awkwardly. I I don't know what the word is, but it is awkward that he is surrounded by so many idiots, not so great people. Yeah, and he is who he is. Like his dad, obviously, he's got problems. His brother is an idiot. I mean, um, but he's not that way. So. It, it, he really has, if you can, you know, this is like, what was that? His third, his dad's third DUI, his brother basically has had all kinds of issues around him. And and yet, I mean, there probably isn't a more pristine dude in the NFL as far as like that, when you talk about that high caliber yep. of a guy than Mahomes, it's, it's pretty, yep. it's pretty remar <laughs> remarkable, really. Yeah. Um, Truth wants to know. I have a question for you guys since I haven't been keeping up with the two year olds that are now three. Are there any standout Phillies this year? Mm. Yeah, I mean, watch the watch the race out at Santa Anita. Uh, the loss for jeans. There might be one there, um, but there really haven't been a lot of them that have run yet. You know, just yeah. FYI, won the Breeders' Cup, sure, but haven't seen her yet this year. So not not yet. Yeah, well, I feel like the Oaks division, even more so than the, the the Colts division, has been. Yeah, not even like you said, not really even like oh they they're shitty. It's just more like I don't I haven't seen them, you know. No. So no, um, really but yeah. Started. So are you? I guess I guess you know what? I'll just let people. You guys tune in here in about thirty minutes and let <laughs> Halterman and his dad kind of give their final analysis and who they might be playing in the Super Bowl. By the way, I have to tell you this, Saltzman. I like your. I think you did over on Mahomes rushing and Pacheco rushing. Yeah, I think, uh -huh. which I think the Pacheco one might be a little, little shaky, just because it feels that one feels way too good. But I think the Mahomes yeah. one is hitting one thousand percent because he's gonna like that's just what he does in big games. So yeah, and the numbers are the numbers are low. Like his is twenty six and a half. Talking about Mahomes, and then Pacheco was like. 67 and they're like oh, i can't pass that up you just yeah can't. he should hit that he should but we do know how that goes with him here's the thing but like mahomes will likely have at least one 20 plus yard run in the game mm -hmm. alone like one of them so i, I just i feel like just out of because he you know we all know with his feet he go gets out of the pocket either makes a play or he he takes off you know we've seen it it really feels like every big game Mm -hmm. He does this. He uses his feet. And so uh, he's kind yeah. of a low. I think he's, I don't think, I know. He's a very under the radar type of runner, you know. He's not fast, but he's Dude. like, he just knows how to avoid uh, sacks and knows how to, you know, he just gets a ton of yards after the, I, when he runs with it. I've told you and told you, and you argue with me, if if it, he avoids so many sacks, it's it's insane. Like oh, yeah. you're like it's off. It's, it's great. Look at these uh, these sacks 
But it's like, dude, if they had a normal quarterback, they would be giving up a ton of sacks. <laughs> he is a magician with running the ball. It's incredible. Um, you watch him, and it's just like, even if it's like he throws it away, it's like, how did he get out of that? Oh, I so I think I think he's a tremendous runner. Yeah, yeah, and he's uh, he's uh, well, I know this on Madden. He's he's way too fast on Madden because because Cohen. <laughs> Cohen thinks he can run with him every time. And I literally, I mean, there and I, we were playing, he got a 90 yard touchdown with him. It's just like the dude's untouchable. And I think he's, I think they went a little overboard on Madden, but still, I don't know. He's pretty <laughs> fast. Uh, by the way, um, Cohen has officially beat me at Madden. Like, Oh, nice. That's like, good. not like, Hey, I'm going to try to like, no, no. Like he beats me. So, so you, you have to try to beat him basically. I'm like, I, I went from like, Hey, like, let me make, you know, I, this, I'll, I won't tackle him this one. I'll let him in now. It's like, yeah. I'm like, you know, shoving it in his face. Be like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a competition now. That's, that's, that's great. I know, but it's pretty impressive. And and I love watching. Um, and he's become like, thing, I, I would say Madden really, but just in general, like he, he knows like it went, I just seeing the like level of like, it started off with like, okay, I'll pick the play for him, give him the controller. And I'll say, yeah. Hey, press X and like press X to hike it, press X again, you know, whatever. Yeah. I don't even like, I don't do anything. He literally pick I'll like line up. He'll be like, Oh, I know what you're doing. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, damn it. You know, like he's like, he's getting it, which is cool to see. Right. That so. is, you know, it's when I was playing with my nephew, when he was, he was a, probably a little older, uh, but when it clicked, like I was playing with him one day and I was like, Oh, he knows the plays. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's second and 12 and he's running a screen and it's, you know, and it's, it's like, okay, yeah, he's, he's figured it out. So that is kind of fun when they, when they start to do it themselves, you know? Well, like when we're watching the game, like live, the real game, I'll be like, Hey, uh, it's like, what do you think we what would you run here? You know, like just to yeah. see what you know, he'd be like, I would I would give it to Pacheco or you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, we all say that, right? <laughs> yeah, I've been saying that all year. <laughs> yeah, he, he he but you know, uh, his his one weakness in the game is uh and if I if I really want to hone in on like if I if I could control like a linebacker or something, I usually know like he love I mean, he loves himself some Rasheed Rice more than I do, I think. And so he like <laughs> I was like, dude, you got to stop throwing it to him. I'll say I'll have three guys on him, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it's pretty cool to see. So. That's fun. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, guys, that's all we have uh, again this weekend. Uh, we got the same F Davis this weekend and then uh, head up, heads up because it gets really going uh, next week with the risen star and uh, goes on and there on from there. Good luck to everybody that's betting the Super Bowl. Good luck to my chiefs. And good luck to everyone betting this weekend, uh, the ponies. All right, guys, I'm Gerald Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. See you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Blinkers Off. Join our horse racing community at racingdudes.com and follow us on Twitter at racing underscore dudes. Want to make money betting horses? Bet with the racing dudes.